1: What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Monday episode of Flippin' Bats, and we have a jam-packed episode because it was a jam-packed weekend of baseball. It was Jackie Robinson Day. Cody Bellinger came back to Los Angeles as a member of the Cubs. We got power rankings, overreaction Monday, team of the week, player of the week. We got a lot to talk about. Let's get to it.
0: a high fly ball deep center field it is gone home run and a huge bat flip to celebrate all right ben start the show already
1: what is up my friends i hope everybody had a fantastic weekend i know i did and the last we left things here on flipping bats uh on friday was when alex said that she had a wedding to attend that was her own sisters and alex i said to myself I need to remember to ask you about it on Monday, because last I heard, you didn't know what your involvement would be. You might be a flower girl. Who knew? So Alex, how was your weekend and how was the wedding? It was
2: wild. I can confirm I was a flower girl for the first time since I was two years old, and I nailed it. Okay. My sister and I walked down together. Did you
1: have like a technique? Were you like a tosser? Were you a spreader? Oh, what was your technique?
2: I was an air tosser. It was, it up. was up. It was towards people. I oh. was spreading the love, <laughs> spreading the joy. Okay. It was great. It was a small like backyard very intimate wedding. It was just the two of them and my sister. My other sister actually married them. So it was oh, wow. it was wild, it was beautiful. It's been a, it's been a lot. We were dancing until I think like almost 2 in the morning. Yeah, I'm surprised. It, it
1: looked wild. What day What day was this? This was Friday. So h- how are you feeling?
2: I am on the struggle bus, yeah, Ben. Yeah. I am on, my <laughs> voice is barely hanging on. We had rehearsal yeah. with the family on Thursday, the wedding Friday. We had family brunch and then grandma's 93rd birthday Saturday. More Beach Days Sunday. They're still here on Monday, so I'm going to be seeing them after the show. It's wild. It looked wild. It's so much fun. Curry's have a really good time.
1: I had definitely a less wild weekend because I was on the golf course and playing a lot of golf. Yeah. So definitely less wild, but still a good week.
2: That's a beautiful weekend, taking your dog to the park. Dog park. Yeah. yeah,
1: Dog to the park. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Um, But a lot of good things, as I mentioned, happened in the baseball world, and that's why I say we have a jam-packed show And the first thing we got to talk about is over the weekend, it was Jackie Robinson day, which is a great and awesome and important day around the game of baseball when everybody wears number 42. And it just feels a little more special for the Dodgers because obviously the Jackie connection there, and he played for that franchise. And to have everybody on that field wearing number 42 and for the way that game ended with the Los Angeles Dodgers walking off the Cubs, it was so special and I I actually like walk-offs are just a little bit cool. Obviously, walk-off home runs are great, but walk-offs that involve an ending with a close play at the plate are so cool and that's how it happened for the Dodgers. A hard hit ball to right field, play at the plate, guy dives in, bang, bang, play at the plate he's safe. Everybody runs on the field. Everybody sprints out there, everybody wearing the number 42. And it was just really cool. It was really special to see that. And it just felt right. It felt right to see all of that happening on that day. And it's such a special and important day. Uh, and I've always loved it being, I love baseball. It's one of my true loves in my life. And I played baseball professionally and this day is so important because the locker room when I played baseball would have looked different if it wasn't for Jackie Robinson. And what he was able to do for this sport that I love so much can't be can't be understated. It can't. It was so powerful. And as I mentioned, playing professionally and the locker room would look nothing like, you know, it's just it looks the way it does today because of a guy like Jackie Robinson and what he did. And I'm just so thankful for him. And a lot of my good friends in the locker room, it's just all a lot because of Jackie and what he was able to do. And Jackie Robinson day, everybody wearing 42, it's an emotional day. And it's a special day for the game of baseball. And it just turned out very poetic with the Dodgers winning the way they did.
2: It did. You have to remember, it's never easy to be the first at something. And he broke the color barrier in the game of baseball. And he did it with such power and respect and grace, that he changed the game forever. It is incredible everything he did for baseball, and I love now that every single team wears number 42 on Jackie Robinson Day because it really is. It's such a special day for each player individually, but then the game of baseball as a whole. And walk-offs are one of the more magical moments of the game. It's what I miss the most from being a part of the team. And to have it be in that moment, and the way it happened and as you said all 42s running onto the field it was beautiful i'm getting chills just like talking through it thinking about <laughs> it again
1: it really was it was it was a special day and congrats to the dodgers for doing it right it's always a special day for the dodgers franchise and then the cool ending made it uh just that much better but speaking of the dodgers as well Cody Bellinger returned to his former organization as a member of the Cubs Bellinger made his return this weekend and it was it was quite the weekend
2: it was everything do you remember asking me on friday do you think he's going to get cheered do you think he's going to get booed he hit every single emotion from Dodger fans
1: technically he was booed he was was because of something good that he did for his team it
2: was great I mean he got he got the the video he got the standing ovation he got the standing ovation when he came to the to the plate for the first time Oh yeah
1: that caused quite the stir there was a strike violation called against him which is ridiculous but we're gonna talk we'll talk more about that later in the week because that made me shake my head a little bit so there's a oh, yeah. segment that we'll talk all about mm-hmm. that but yeah I mean it was really cool it was an emotional return as everybody yeah. was expecting um and yeah the the standing ovation there the tribute every emotion was hit like
2: the booze when he robbed a home run that was great. and I love that they were showing the crowd and the Dodger fans because some were booing and then some were kind of laughing and clapping because they're you can tell that they still love the guy and it's like, ah, shoot, but now you just did this against us, but we still love you. He's also
1: playing well now. Yeah. Like, and then the home run he robbed was against Jason Hayward, who they just basically flip-flopped teams. Yep. So Hayward hits that ball to center. Bellinger goes back and robs it. And then the crowd starts booing him. And he literally just, like, turns around. You can see here if you're watching. He, like, turns all around. like, what, guys? I did this here for years you knew yeah. i could do this yep uh really cool return special return for him i'm sure hit a homer in the series played well so the return went about as i think i expected uh and a, a big ovation a tribute to him yeah. and he obviously he had to hit a home run it just made everything even more it
2: was right. beautiful i loved it
1: uh more stuff in the baseball world happened over the weekend though but not necessarily just major league baseball but two aces that everybody will now know the name faced off in the NPB, Roki Sasaki against Yoshinobu Yamamoto faced off. And this matchup was a big deal because these are the these are the two biggest pitchers over there. But you have one in Yamamoto who's a legend Mm -hmm. and has been doing it for a while. And then Roki Sasaki, who we saw both of these names at the World Baseball Classic, But Roki Sasaki, the new phenom Mm -hmm. in the sport and Everybody's just waiting for his arrival here in Major League Baseball. And this was the biggest pitching matchup in NPB history. Like, you don't really ever have the storylines match up the way that they did. And it ended with Roki Sasaki, the young phenom, being the guy that got the better of Yamamoto. Get this seven innings pitched, one hit, zero runs, 11 strikeouts. Roki sasaki out there throwing 102 miles an hour we had um rowdy tellez on the podcast last week who talked about facing Roki sasaki and said he's throwing 102 but it's moving all over the place he was throwing splitters at 92 sliders at 90 fastballs at 102 and punched out 11 and in 7 innings so He's 2-0 this year as a starter with 22 strikeouts and just two hits given up in 13 innings pitched. Roki Sasaki is going to be a phenom here when he comes to the United States. Whenever that might be, it's going to be a couple of years. But Rowdy Telez said this, and I thought this was interesting because I asked what it was like facing him, and he said that guy would be an ace of a staff right now for at least 25 teams in Major League Baseball. That's how good he is. A great matchup, and the young guy got the best of Yamamoto.
2: This is another real, and we've talked about this a lot, another tip of your hat and another way that Shohei Otani is changing the game yeah. of baseball. Because now we know these names. We care about these yeah. players. And it's almost like how you're invested in a minor league player waiting for them to make it to the big leagues. They are. They're just on the other side of the world. Being just as competitive yeah. as Major League Baseball is, it is so exciting um, to see eventually where he's going to end up.
1: Yeah, I it's, can't. It's going to be great. We're still a couple of years away from it, but I can't wait. And I, I do feel like what, you know, baseball now care we The world cares about the MPB, and I yeah. think everybody has realized the MPB is the real deal in baseball. And, man, do they love them some baseball over there and the talent – is, is awesome. And if you ever have a chance to go to Japan and watch baseball there, it is a must. And if you can do it soon, you should go watch Roki Pitch while he's still over there. So had to talk about that. Just a good, a, a good weekend of baseball.
2: A great weekend of baseball. But yep. it's Monday, Ben, so... You know what time it is? It's time for you to
1: overreact.
2: No. Oh, these no. aren't me. <laughs> you remember, it's not me, OK? But yeah, you can, you can say I'm overreacting.
1: Overreaction Monday, where Alex is going to give me some statements that um, I'm either going to say are an overreaction or not an overreaction. So let's see what you got this week, Curry.
2: All right. Our first overreaction. This is the best Braves team of the last decade.
1: I'm going to say that's not an overreaction, and I'll do you one better. Okay. I will say that this is the best Braves team since the early 2000s, Atlanta Braves. That's how much I believe in this team. Look, Acuna's back. Mm -hmm. He's a superstar. He's the superstar we all expected him to be before his injury. Spencer Strider has elite stuff, Cy Young stuff. He's on this team. Pair him with Max Fried at the top of the rotation. And then some other names. I mean, what if Mike Soroka comes back? Michael mm-hmm. Soroka comes back and becomes the player he was beforehand. Kyle Wright. You have Austin Riley, the young guy that has signed the biggest free agent deal in Braves history. You have Matt Olson over at first base now. A healthy Ozzie Albies has been great at second base. Sean Murphy behind the plate, the big acquisition there. The best start this year for the Atlanta Braves are 12 and 4. The best start since they were 13 and 3 in 2013. This team has it all. They have a really good bullpen that's only going to get better when Ricel Iglesias comes back. So I don't think it's an overreaction at all to say this is the best Braves team in the last decade. And I'll do you one better and say this is the la- the best Braves team since the early two thousands. And yes, it's better than the Braves team that won the World Series in twenty twenty one against the Whoa. Astros. I think it's better than all of them. This team is unbelievable. They have all of the makings of a World Series team. I'm very high on this team, and that's why I had them winning the National League. So no. Best team, best Braves team of the last decade is not at all an overreaction.
2: Hot take. Yeah. Did you have them winning the World Series this year?
1: No, I had Astros over the Braves in the World Series. One of those teams is playing a lot better than the other right Uh now, is in the Atlanta Braves. Uh But, you know, the Astros have done this in the past where they start off slow, and nobody should worry about the Astros. But I I was high on them, and I have them winning the National League and for good reason, and the start that they're having is the best start since 2013. Yep. Man, they're good. They're great. Yep.
2: All right, we're moving to our next – overreaction Ben the Phillies are cooked
1: the Phillies are cooked let me think about this I'm gonna say that this is this is an overreaction okay the Phillies again I'm a big let's not press the panic button too early now there have been reasons this year to perhaps push it but let's be honest, it's still early. They've come off of a, a decent series against the Reds where we finally saw that offense show up. Now, the Reds can pitch. We finally saw the Phillies' offense show up. That's what will win them games. Am I confident that this team makes the playoffs still? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. But to say they're cooked less than 20 games into the year seems unfair. They got off to a slow start last year they've gotten off to slow starts before and been just fine so am I worried yes I am but are they cooked no they're not that's an overreaction
2: yeah I mean they had a big win on Sunday they put up nine runs in the first inning as you mentioned offense is what's Good gonna start. yeah what's gonna win them games and they're getting their MVP Bryce Harper back in maybe a couple of months
1: I mean he's even said I'm I'm He's apparently ahead of schedule and wants to get back before everybody says so. But guess what? The doctors are the ones that make that final decision, and we will see. But, yeah, they're going to get healthier. The top two guys of the rotation are very good and Nola and Wheeler, but they've struggled beyond that. Depth in the rotation, bullpen, but they're going to get Ranger Suarez back, hopefully, and he will continue to be good. I do big-time worry about that bullpen, big-time big big worries there yeah so are they cooked no am I worried yeah I would say I'm a little worried about the Phillies
2: okay ready for a third overreaction yep okay the Red Sox will finish last in the AL East
1: that's not an overreaction well let's let's go through it Kay. right are they better than the Yankees no. no are they better than the Blue Jays no are they better than the Rays no Are they better than the Baltimore Orioles? I would say no. Uh -uh. And the Orioles were better than the Red Sox last year. They announced themselves with authority on the map. Are are the Red Sox better than the Orioles this year? I say no. So I think the Red Sox can compete. And I think the Red Sox can beat anybody. But are they going to do it over the course of a year and be better than everybody in the AL East? I don't think so. I think they again finished in last and the injury to Adam Duvall was huge for them. And let's backtrack a month ago and imagine me sitting here two weeks into the year, three weeks into the year and saying, man, that Adam Duvall injury is going to be the one that's a backbreaker. But what Adam Duvall was doing for this team, the team on paper, wasn't even close to the best team in this division. They needed somebody to step up and have an MVP caliber year that you didn't expect it. That's what you needed. And you were getting it from Adam Duvall. And then he gets hurt and goes down. And then it's just a huge blow to this team. The pitching is not great. They finally have themselves a closer. Kenley Jansen's good, but you got to get it. You got to get it there. Um, I think the, I think the Red Sox have the potential of a team that finishes around 500 or maybe slightly above. But I really like the Orioles and of course the other teams in the division are very good. So I will say that's not an overreaction. Red Sox are going to finish last in the AL East.
2: And even they're at an even 500 right now and they're at the bottom.
1: Exactly. Of the so that's it's a like great that's
2: point. that's where you're at. That's what this division is. Yep. Okay, moving on to our next overreaction. Luisa Ariz will win back-to-back batting titles.
1: Woo! That's a bold one. Yeah. And I say that's bold because there's only been two players that have won a batting title in both leagues in history. DJ LeMahieu is the only one that's done it in the modern era. In the modern era. DJ LeMahieu won it in 2020 with the Yankees and in 2016 with the Rockies. And it's the only modern one because the only other guy, the only other player in history that has won a batting title in both leagues is a guy named Pete Browning, who did it in 1882 and 1885 for the Louisville eclipse of the American association. And in ni- in 1890, he did it in the players league with a team named the Cleveland infants. Yep. The infants. What? Yep. You heard me right. <laughs> The Cleveland Infants in 1890. So those were two different leagues, the American Association and the Players League. So he's the only other one that's done it. And I am going to say, Alex, that this is not an overreaction. I think Luis Arise is the first ever player to win a batting title in back-to-back years. And I think he's the first ever player, of course, to win a batting title in back to back years and two different leagues. The guy's hitting over 500 this league this year. And if you ever watch Luis Rise, he is the definition of a hitter. The guy's not going to hit 30 homers. He might not even hit 20 homers, but I'm not going to count him out for hitting 500 on the year. <laughs> that's how good he is. I mean, that's a little ridiculous, but. Look, if, any, if there's somebody in the league right now that you says has a chance to hit over 400 for the first time since, what, Ted Williams? Is that what it is? First time since Ted Williams, the answer is going to be Luis Rice. That's how good he is. And I think that is not an overreaction to say that he will win back-to-back batting
2: titles. And it would be the first time that would happen back-to-back, but in two different
1: leagues. <sighs> Crazy. Yeah. And I think... He has every bit of a chance to do that. First time it'll happen back-to-back in two different leagues, and first time it would happen back-to-back. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. I think he can do it.
2: Okay. Moving on to our next overreaction. You ready? Yep. Brett Beatty can still win NL Rookie of the Year. Mm.
1: I don't think that's an overreaction. Okay. Do I think it happens? No, because of Corbin Carroll, Mm. my NL Rookie of the Year pick driver of that bandwagon. But I don't think it's an overreaction to say that Brett Beatty can win. Still plenty of time in the year. We're less than 20 games into the year, meaning if all goes well and he stays healthy, he could win over – he could play in over 140 games still. Certainly the possibility of winning the rookie of the year is there. He was dominant in AAA this year. I've, he should have made the team out of spring training. Absolutely should have happened. But he didn't so he played in triple a got 42 plate appearances hit 400 in those 42 plate appearances with an ops of right around 1400 five homers in nine games he was great he should have made the opening day team he should have made the opening day roster and been the opening day starting third baseman but that did not happen eduardo escobar ended up being the one that made the third bit made the team and ended up playing third base but now that's not going to happen anymore, at least on a normal basis. And Eduardo Escobar was asked about this the other day. Before Brett Betty was even called up, he was asked about Brett Betty. And he said he deserves everything he's getting right now. Now that he's getting called up, he's put in the work. He deserves to come up here and play and do what he does because he's that good of a player. He's the future of this team. So that was a quote he had when Brett Beatty was getting called up. He even prior to that. Had something to say about him. He basically was like, I know he's coming, and I know he's going to play third base, and he deserves it. And to hear him say this, it's just, it's a tough position for Eduardo Escobar to be in. You know, he's losing his job, Mm -hmm. and you know it's happening. The writing is on the wall. You have the future of the third base position coming up and taking your spot. But for him to be this gracious, Eduardo Escobar is one of the better human beings in the league. And of course he handles it this way. Uh, but Brett Beatty is coming, and I wholehearted wholeheartedly believe that he can still win NL Rookie of the Year. And I would I would go out on a limb here and say that I think Brett Beatty does finish top three in the NL Rookie of the Year voting.
2: Ooh. And do you remember when he made his MLB debut in twenty twenty two, his first at bat? No. Home run.
1: Okay, I remember the debut but I didn't yeah. remember exactly what happened. First at bat. But he did end up struggling, right? Yeah. He did end up struggling in that in his limited time in the big leagues. But this guy is this guy's better than AAA. This guy is ready for the big leagues and I think he's going to be a huge piece. Um Steve Cohen talked about it when he seemingly signed Carlos Correa that well this we needed another bat and this is it. That didn't end up happening. And to start the year, I think it's pretty fair to say the Mets have needed another bat. And this guy could be it. He could be the bat for the mess that they needed all along. And I'm happy they're doing it. I think they did it too I I think they didn't do it soon enough, but better late than never. I'm exactly. glad they're doing
2: it. Now you mentioned you think by the end of the year, Beatty will be in the top three rookie of the year conversation. Yep, I do. But every week we're doing top three rookies of the week so let's get in to your number three rookie your guy your favorite rookie right now that's right driver of the corbin carroll bandwagon keep it
1: going keep building it yes up. driver of the corbin carroll bandwagon number three on my list this week is corbin carroll himself because well he was great 333 two home runs five rbi and one of those home runs came on sunday against Sandy Alcantara Mm. to dead center field. Now I told everyone that this guy has every tool. He will be the fastest guy in major league baseball this year. And if not the fastest, he will be top three in sprint speed. He's he's insanely fast. He can hit for a high average. He can play a good defense. But I said, the power is the sneaky part and pop to dead center against the reigning NL Cy Young winner, that's big boy pop. He's got it. Another good week. He's heating up. He's number three on this list.
2: And did I hear a little rumor Mm. that he might be joining the show this week? You did.
1: You did hear a little rumor about that. As the driver of the bandwagon, (laughs) it's only fitting that the guy comes on. He will be Wednesday's episode of Flippin' Bats, which I – I'm pumped about. I'm pumped to have him on. I'm pumped for everybody to learn a little bit more about his story and how he's here at such a young age and how he got here. And oh, uh, It's going to be a blast of a conversation. So, yes, this week's Wednesday guest episode will be with the man himself, Corbin Carroll.
2: I can't wait for that. Okay, moving on to number two, Spencer Steer.
1: Yeah, the Cincinnati Reds infielder Spencer Steer had another good week. He's been good to start the year, 400 on the week. Two doubles, four RBIs. Some would say he's steering his team in the right direction. You love it. Spencer Steer, he had a big (laughs) game-tying hit in the ninth the other day for the Reds. They're playing pretty good baseball, and he's been a big part of it. So Spencer Steer, with his week of batting 400, he comes in at second on this week's list of top rookies of the week. And number one. Number one. Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown of the Houston Astros listen to this week so he got two starts he went two and 14 innings pitched 12 strikeouts zero earned runs and seven hits zero earned runs and two starts against two good offenses might I add look I've talked a good bit about Hunter Brown and I mentioned at the beginning of the year when we did our division previews that Hunter Brown would be the breakout player for the Astros this year he came up last year Uh, was good in limited time and had an outing in the playoffs where he was really good. But Hunter Brown is the future of this Astros rotation. And I say this every time because I think it's important. Hunter Brown's icon growing up was Justin. And you can see it when he pitches. His windup, his motion, his stuff. If you watch him, he looks a lot like Justin out on the mound. And for him to be so young and already doing this stuff in the big leagues against really good opponents, man, what a week. What a future this guy's going to have. I love Hunter Brown and a, a great week. Uh, the best week of all the rookies, according to this here list. 2 0, 14 innings, 12 strikeouts, and zero earned runs.
2: I love this. And I, and I, I think I say this, I've said this every week, but the, the future of baseball is in such good hands. Like, exciting. <laughs> the
1: names that aren't on this, I mean. I know. Yeah. That's We're, what... Baseball's in good hands. I'm happy. Yeah. I love baseball. I we love know. these rookies. We're in good shape. We know. Yeah.
2: Now it's time for your power rankings.
1: It's Monday. You know what that means. It's what it is. It's time for a new updated power rankings. We got more movement. Last week was the biggest movement in the history of my power rankings. This week, a lot of, still a lot of movement, but a little bit different. And different at the top, might I add. I
2: mean, you have two teams for the first time that are not in your top the 10. The first time Do you in, in the yet? history yeah.
1: of my power rankings that there's two teams that are not in it together. So let's, let's yeah, get yeah. into
2: let's it. Let's get started. Um, number 10, the Cubs have not been ranked before. First
1: time. First, first time the Cubs have made an appearance in these power rankings and deservedly. Eight and six on the year. Uh, won a big series on the road against the Dodgers in L.A., Look, the Cubbies are fun. They're exciting. They got a big bat back over the weekend. Say a Suzuki and he hit a homer on the weekend. Uh, Very new look team. So look, to start this year, I really liked the Cubs and what they did. And I I believed the Cubs had the best offseason of everybody. I really did. Now, did that mean that they were going to be a dominant team this year? I didn't think so. Did I think it could mean they made the playoffs? I think it meant they could make some noise. Did I expect them to be in the top 10 of my power rankings third week in the year I didn't and they're playing great baseball Dansby up the middle um Trey Mancini still room for look they're doing well without Trey Mancini even really being hot yet Cody Bellinger has been really good bunch of good names for the first time this year and maybe the first time in the history of my power rankings I imagine so the Cubs are ranked number 10.
2: Number nine very similar also first time that this team is in your power rankings the texas rangers who just also had a big series this last weekend against houston
1: rangers here at nine and six won a series on the road against the astros and this is their first time being ranked and again the first time ever being ranked in my power rankings and they're getting it done from all over the place offensively marcus Simeon, we saw marcus Simeon hit a grand slam on Sunday against the Astros. Adolis Garcia doing big things. Jacob DeGrom in that rotation. Their big prized acquisition to start the year was DeGrom in that rotation. Andrew Heaney has been really good for them. Nathan Evaldi, a completely revamped starting rotation. A really good offense to start the year. Corey Seager is out right now. That has been a tough blow for them. And they still beat the Astros in that series. I really like what I'm seeing from the Texas Rangers. And it was time... To put them in the power rankings.
2: Do you remember my tale of the tape? Me mentioning Andrew ah. Heaney and saying he was going to be a big part of this weekend. And you went, hmm, if that's who you're betting on, you better watch out. That's who I bet on. And that's what happened. To,
1: to be fair, you, I think we decided yeah. that we're going to do a tale of the tape every week. And yes. we'll just keep track of, we'll make a prediction of who's yep. going to win the series. And you were right. And Andrew Heaney did play a big part of it. I think what I said is if (laughs) if you're if the reason you're picking the Rangers over the Astros is because of Andrew Heaney, then but I it was more of a joke. But it ended up he was the reason. I know he was the reason they won the series with that dominant performance uh, head to head on Sunday against Framber Valdez. Rangers look good, and they're here at number nine.
2: Can You tell I like winning. Um, Okay, moving on to number eight. The Padres down six this week, but they're getting a big boost later in the week.
1: Down six spots. Yes, they were number two last week after a big series on the road against the Braves. I got to knock them down. Mm -hmm. You know why? They're below 500. They're eight and nine. They just lost a four-game series to the Brewers. They lost three of four at home, a big series. I would have loved to see them win that series not that don't take that the wrong way if if you're a padres fan you would have loved to see them win that series beating the braves right one of the favorites in the national league beating them on the road then going home and gaining some of that momentum and showing we are an elite team look they're below 500 they did not win that series they got they got beaten pretty handily by the brewers in that series had to knock them down they're here at number eight
2: And as I mentioned, they're getting a big boost this week. Fernando Tatis Jr. supposedly coming back Thursday. Thursday. So.
0: And he can't
1: come back soon enough. What he's been doing in the minor leagues is just insane. I mean, he's been tearing the cover off the ball. We'll talk more about that in tomorrow's episode. Uh, But, yeah, Tatis coming back. They'll get a boost. They'll get a boost. They need a a boost right now. They need a boost. So they're here at number eight, down six spots. So they are the – well, there are two teams, as we mentioned, that aren't here, but they're the biggest mover within the top 10. Yes. All right. Speaking of
2: boost, number seven, the Mets up three.
1: Up three. Uh, good, good week for them. They're 10 and six now. They beat the A's on the road in a series that they absolutely should win. So they're not getting a huge boost because of that. They just played really good, and now they're 10 and six. And I actually talked about this last week. I said, look, Mets fans are, now that I'm. I'm very much so focused on the Mets and obviously with Justin being on the team, I watch them more. So what I've learned is there's a portion of the Mets fan base that is very much so, Oh no, the sky is falling. The season's over throw in the towel. And I said, pump the brakes there. This team will be just fine. And they're playing good baseball. They're up three spots.
2: Way to go Mets.
1: (laughs) Way to go Mets. Way (laughs) to go
2: Mets. Okay. Number six, the twins just down
1: one. Twins are down one, they're 10 and six. Uh, I had to knock them down because they lost a series to the Yankees. Now, a little bit of a spoiler, but they were ahead of the Yankees and now they are behind the Yankees. But the the twins are very good. They're 10 and six. Uh, they were very competitive in that series on the road, if you remember. They put up, what was it, nine runs in the first inning against the the Yankees? How many was it? I, I think it was nine. Did we have two games over the weekend where a team scored nine runs in the first inning? I really think it was nine. Oh, yeah, Either way, did. massive inning in the first, and I think it was the first game of that series. Uh, but they end up losing that series to the Yankees. I really like this Twins team and the way they're built. Really good pitching dominant offense that can explode for a lot of runs in an inning Mm -hmm. but they lose that series had to bump them down to number six
2: all right time for your top five and rounding it out bottom number five the Blue Jays who are up two
1: Blue Jays are up two they're now in the top five big believer in this team as you know I picked the Toronto Blue Jays to win the AL East I'm a believer in the team and a huge Huge weekend series against the undefeated Tampa Mm -hmm. Bay Rays unfolded and the Blue Jays beat them in that series. Took two of three, looked really good. And look, anytime you take a series against the team that's ahead of you in the division, it meant even more now that that the Rays were undefeated on top of the world. That series was at home for the Blue Jays. They take them down. They looked really good. So I bumped the Blue Jays up. They're in the top five. They're at number five this week.
2: I love it. And we knew. We said this was going to be Tampa Bay's biggest challenge yet. Yep. And Blue Jays stepped up to the plate. They All did. right. Moving to number four, the Yankees also bumping up too.
1: Similar sort of thing. You know, they played a really good team in the Minnesota Twins at home, and they won, and they looked good doing it. Garrett Cole, complete game shutout on Sunday, his first complete game. Uh, first complete game shutout since July of 2021 really good stuff I like what I see from the Yankees Volpe looks to be turning a corner he was my one down last week but I said listen here listen here everyone be patient with Anthony Volpe and we saw him have a good week he stole three bases in a game Yankees are up two spots and at number four
2: number three the Brewers also bumping up one
1: you know I feel like last week I was kind of ahead of the curve with people that do power rank, like MLB, MLB MLB.com. There's some big outlets that come out with their power rankings, and I feel like I was a little ahead of the curve, putting the Brewers where I did last week, which was number four. And then they have this huge weekend series against the San Diego Padres, and they win three of four games on the road. So I bumped them up again. I have the Brewers as the third-best team right now, in the league. And I must add, I must add this last week's guest, Rowdy Telez. Rowdy Telez this week hit four homers on the week. The Flippin' Bats podluck is the real deal, mm-hmm. might I add. And I'm not going to say, like, you're welcome, Brewers, for being number three, but you can say, Hey Rowdy, thank you for being number three. And Rowdy can then in turn say, "Well, I went on flipping bats, and that's where the good luck came from." The Brewers are 11 and five, and here at number three. Number
2: two, knocking down the yep. Tampa Bay Rays one spot after breaking their undefeated streak.
1: I did. I yeah. bumped the. I, the Rays were number one last week, and I bumped them down. The undefeated streak is no longer. They are 14 and two. Losing that series to the Toronto Blue Jays. Look, there was a lot of the baseball world that was saying, okay, yeah, the Rays are really good, but who have they beaten? Right? Which is a conversation, but not one that I wanted to partake in. Right? They – I don't care who you're beating. If you're winning 13 games in a row, I don't care who it's against. It's very impressive. But this is by far the toughest matchup they had to face this weekend in the Toronto Blue Jays. They lost that matchup, but they did win one of those games in dominant fashion. I do believe the Rays are a very, very good team. That's why I have them here at number two. And the reason that they are number two will be even better explained in just a second. But yes, I knocked them down that one spot. And I do imagine there's a world in which a lot of people keep them at number one this week. But not I. I knocked them down one, meaning we have a new number one.
2: And at number one... You got the Braves.
1: Braves up two. Up two. What a week they had! The Braves are now twelve and four. They've been dominating everybody they've faced. This is their sec. This is their fastest start since 2013, when the team started 13 and three. They're twelve and four right now. Matt Olson is on fire. Ronald Acuna Jr. is one of the hotter players in the game of baseball. Ozzy Albi's is back to playing really good. Look, Acuna is healthy right now. And when Ronald Acuna is healthy, he's proving to everybody all over again. He's a 40-40 caliber guy. He's an MVP talent level player. And he's playing like that right now. I love this Atlanta Braves team. I really do. As I mentioned in, earlier in this episode, not only do I think this Braves team is the best Braves team we've seen in the last decade, including the 2021 World Series team, I think this is the best Atlanta Braves team we have seen since the early 2000s Atlanta Braves. I have them here at number one. They're playing like the best team in baseball right now, and for that reason, I bumped them up to the number one spot in this week's power rankings. I dig it. Can you show off the shirt? Big week. Um. Oh, yeah. And I got my brief. Yeah. I got a – well, I'm a big Ron Washington fan. I got to set that up. Big Ron Washington fan. It's just like he's their third base coach. Yeah. So send him wash is like the, you know, send him, send him at third base. So I had to show some love to the Braves and to Ron Washington this week. I dig. But now it's time. Yep. From Power Ranking – this is every Monday. Mondays are packed packed with stuff now it's time Alex for team of the week where I go around the field position by position and pick the best player from each spot from the week that was
2: all right let's get started behind the plate your catcher of the week Adley Rutschman
1: boy do I love me some Adley Rutschman he has come up and just been a godsend since the day he came up for the Orioles And he continued that stretch this week. 400, three homers, eight RBI, a walk-off home run for Adley. He is quickly becoming one of, if not the best catcher in the game of baseball. Love Adley. Great week. He's here behind the plate for me.
2: All right. Heading up to first base, friend of the pod, Roddy Telez.
1: Isn't this great? Comes on the podcast and ends up on my team of the week. The the Flippin' Bats Podluck is the real deal. He was struggling to start the year. We talked about that on Wednesday. If you haven't listened to Rowdy Tellez's episode, go back and give it a listen because he talked all about his hitting and his mindset at the plate and his struggles to start the year and how he was going to turn it around, and he did. The, The day I talked to Rowdy Tellez, the day I talked to him, he hits a homer. And then he ends up hitting four on the week, batting 320. Was a big part of that big series for the Brewers, beating the Padres on the road. Rowdy Tellez is my first baseman.
2: Moving over to second base. Brandon Lau.
1: Brandon Lau is having himself, to start the year, an MVP caliber year. And he was on the team that was undefeated for 13 games, 13-0 start to the year. And he had a great week. 4 9 on the week. Uh, a couple of big flies, a, gr- a couple of grand slams on the year. <sighs> Brandon Lau, second baseman. He's been the best. I think he's been the best second baseman to to start the year. Four homers, nine RBIs for Brandon Lau. And that will pretty much get you on the team of the week anytime. Oh, definitely. Yeah.
2: Moving over to third base, the giant killer. Max Muncy.
1: The giant killer, Max Muncy, 389, five homers, 12 RBIs, and an OPS over 1,700. Grand slam on the week, driving balls into the bay out there in McCovey Cove with the Giants or with, against the Giants. Max Muncy was great. Fantastic week, and he's my third baseman.
2: Moving over to shortstop,
1: Bo Bichette. What a week from Bo. I mean, this is 346, a homer, two doubles, three RBIs. Bo Bichette is becoming I, – I really feel like Bo Bichette is one of the more underrated players in the game of baseball, and it's because he's not going to put up the power numbers that you'll see from Vladdy there in Toronto, but he does—he can hit for power. He hits for a high average, and he was certainly the hottest shortstop this week. So, Bo Bichette, congratulations. You're the shortstop <laughs> on the flipping Bats team of the week.
2: Now, we move to the outfield, and these are just three outfielders that you like.
1: Three outfielders, regardless of their position. I don't care if they don't play left field or don't play right field or center field. It doesn't matter. Just three outfielders, regardless of position. And my first one is Jared Kalnick of the Seattle Mariners. And this makes me so happy to be able to say, because we've been waiting for the Jared Kalnick breakout. And it didn't come a couple of years ago. It didn't come last year. But if you remember again, in AL West preview, my Mariners breakout player was Jared Kelnick this year because I watched him a lot in spring training. In a totally revamped swing, it's calmer, it's smoother, and he has tons of pop. We all know that. He hit a ball over 480 feet the other day in Wrigley, and he's continued that on. He hit a homer in four straight, 409, four homers, six RBI, seven runs scored, Four games in a row with a home run. Jerry Kelnick, my friends, has arrived. And for the first time, he's on my team of the week.
2: Oof. All right. Your second outfielder, a big reason that you put the Braves at number one in your power rankings this week, Ronald Acuna Jr.
1: Absolutely a huge reason for that. The Braves were good last year, but they didn't have Ronald Acuna like we knew Ronald Acuna can be because he was still dealing with that injury. Now he's back, and he hit 500 on the week. He had 12 hits on the week. 12 hits is a good month. Mm-hmm. Good month. Seven RBI. Um, just a, just a really good. I'm so happy that Ronald Acuna is back and healthy and playing good baseball. This is the Ronald Acuna that the game of baseball needs. And batting 500 on a week, pretty yeah, good start nice. for getting on the team of the week. So he's Great. my second outfielder this week.
2: Your final outfielder. Hunter Renfro
1: Hunter Renfro has heated up for the Angels and he's slow I guess I don't want to say slow start because this is still like the start to the year but a slow first week of the year and then he really flipped that switch hit like three homers in in a very short span to get going and then this week 409 batting average two homers seven RBIs has continued his hot stretch man this is the piece that the Angels needed in that lineup this is the depth they needed and you look at the depth that they needed. And you got guys like Hunter Renfro and Gio, Ur- Gio Urshela. And this isn't your same old Angels lineup. They can do some damage. And Hunter Renfro is a big part of that. He is my final outfielder. So in the outfield, that's Jerry Kelnick, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Hunter Renfro.
2: He also has my catch of the year. Yes. Renfro. Yeah. Yep. Big fan. Okay. Let's move to your DH. Brent Rooker.
1: Brent Rooker is my designated hitter, and many of you out there will not know this name. And self-admittedly, I didn't know a ton about Brent Rooker before I realized the week he was having. He hit 400 this week with four home runs and 11 RBIs. Brent Rooker of the Oakland Athletics has been on a tear. Continued that hot stretch on Sunday, might I add, which leads to an important point. This team of the week spans from Sunday to Saturday. Sunday to Saturday. So this most recent Sunday does not count for their team of the week stats that would count for their next week, but Brent Rooker, not a rookie. He has had big league time. He has not been very good in his past big league time, but so far to start this year. And certainly this week, Shout out Brent, Rooker, which is why originally the idea came about for team of the week, because a lot of people do teams of the month. And of course there's a team of the year and you know what? There's not going to be people on that list. Like Brent Rooker, perhaps maybe we are talking about him at the end of the month. I hope so, but this gives me an opportunity to talk about players that I normally wouldn't be talking about. And Brent Rooker is one of those. What a great week he had. Shout out Brent Four homers and 11 RBIs. Great, great, great week.
2: Making our way to the mound, he was your number one rookie of the week, Hunter Brown.
1: Exactly. Number one rookie on the week, and he is the best pitcher in the game of baseball on the week. Why? Well, because he went 2-0 and on the week with 14 innings pitched, 12 strikeouts, zero earned runs, and seven hits. What a week. And again, I feel like this is important to add. I do know Garrett Cole threw a complete game shutout on Sunday, right? But that does not count for this week. That will count for next week's. Hunter Brown is the one that ended up with two starts on the week, 14 innings, 12 strikeouts, not a single earned run given up. This guy is having quite a year Quite a year, and will be in contention for that AL Rookie of the Year Ooh. award when all is said and done. He will. What a, what a week.
2: I love that. All right, now we're closing it out with a closer. Kenley Jansen.
1: Yep, Kenley Jansen. Great guy back in the bullpen. Like I said earlier, the Red Sox have their closer. It's just about getting it to their closer with a lead, but they did a pretty good job of that this week, especially in a weekend series against the Angels. He ended up with three innings pitched and three saves. Five strikeouts in that time with only three hits giving up in, in those three innings. Kenley Jansen, still doing it, still doing it well. He's my closer, and he rounds out this week's team of the week which means alex it's time leaves only one thing
2: the player
1: of the week who you got the flipping bats pod player of the week is hunter brown the rookie for the astros with that dominant dominant week 14 innings not a single earned run given up 12 strikeouts which means A 0.00 ERA for the man himself, Hunter Brown. And I'll say this again because I think it's a really cool part of this and really worth mentioning. Hunter Brown's idol growing up was my brother. And last year when Hunter Brown made his debut, it was on the same team of his icon growing up, which was Justin. And the similarities are uncanny on the mound. His windup looks identical. His stuff honestly looks the same as well. So it's clear Hunter Brown, growing up, who idolized Justin, wanted to be him, studied him, right? And looks a lot like him on the mound. And this week, certainly, he looked like him as well. So... Um, Justin this is a a stat from Michael Schwab who tweeted this Justin Verlander threw his first three starts of 2022 19 innings pitched a 1.89 ERA 20 strikeouts one win and 10 hits very good Hunter Brown threw his first three starts of 2023 18 and two thirds a 1.93 ERA 17 strikeouts two wins and 13 hits Almost identical start to a guy that idolizes Justin, and I, I just I think it's really cool. Shout out Hunter Brown for being on the team of the week and being the Flipping Bats Pod Player of the Week. Congrats to all of them. To all of them. And congrats to us, Alex, for finishing another episode of Flippin' Bats. And congrats fun. to your sister for getting married Aww, and to you for being you. a great flower girl with great form. Thanks. And thank you all for listening <laughs> to this Monday episode of Flippin' Bats. We got a jam-packed week coming at you. Of course, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday's episode is going to look a little bit different. This week in Otani News will not be in the main big episode. It will be a bonus pod meaning two episodes coming out on Tuesday, Corbin Carroll on Wednesday, and then, of course, Thursday, Friday episodes as well. Thank you all for listening. This one has been a blast. We had a lot to talk about because it was a jam-packed weekend. Make sure you're subscribed to Flippin' Bats so you don't miss anything. Wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever, subscribe, hit that plus button. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, And you can watch every episode as well on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Well, for this Monday episode, that does it. And until next time, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats.
0: Peace.